You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark, the podcast where you call in with brilliant questions, comments, concerns, insights, and all things wonderful. I am the guy that plays the calls and gives my reactions to those calls. It's what we do here. Um, I, I do have a question, though. Kind of curious. Maybe you can answer it. Maybe you can't. The phone number, if you can, is 608-501-0718. Question of the day. How much money can you make blackmailing people? I'm just curious what the rates are. Let's just say you have something that is incriminating that some other people would want how much how much you can you all right let's let's be more specific if somebody had a recording of somebody singing and the person turns out you know they recorded themselves because they thought maybe i'm good at singing and then they find out they're terrible and i have those recordings how much money do you think you could make off of that i'm curious because i'm tempted to blackmail myself uh the number to call 608-501-0718 my name is Ryan, and I suck at singing. It's fun, though, man. Holy cow. Fan- hey, I'll tell you what. If you've never done it, and maybe you already do this, but I'm, I'm talking, I'm not talking like shower singing. You're like, oh, when your family leaves the house, if you have a microphone, use it. If you don't, whatever. Just belt it out. Oh, man. Oh, it feels good. Throat hurts. Big stress reliever. I want to get this over with so I can do some more. Well, it's not singing. I don't know. Yelling really loud in melodic sounds. It's fun. It's good stuff. Um, I, I, by the way, if you're interested in buying some of the blackmail, the recordings that I have, uh, Pearl Jam Black, Corey Taylor Snuff, Allison Chains Down in a Hole, Audio Slave Like a Stone. Um, I stopped Tool Sober because that was that was going nowhere good. And uh, I think I did Alice in Chains Rooster, and then I was, I, I was really digging on uh, Pearl Jam Jeremy, but I had to get started on, um, on the podcast, so anyways. Blackmail doesn't come cheap, people, so don't be lowballing me. Let's get to our calls. New callers get uh, sent to the top of the queue, so we're going to start with that. Make sure the settings are correct, and they are not. Doopy doopy doop. Ready, set, go. Yeah, this is... Bob Bay Bob calling from Florida. Whew. Been a Packer fan. I know this is not what you said, but Google translated that all Babe Bob. So can I call you Babe Bob from Florida? My life, 68 years worth. I listened to your show where you had fun trashing 
the Chicago Bears. I do have fun doing that. Yes, I do. I have this question for you. Bring it on. The ownership of the Chicago Bears listens to your podcast. Okay. They think you are the perfect answer to their problem. They want to hire you as general manager of the Chicago Bears. Got it. The Bears have a terrible season this year. Perfect. They win two or three games and have a top draft pick. You are now the general manager. Do you take that draft pick and replace Justin Fields or realize the team is trash and you need to trade that pick and others to get as many picks as you can to refill the roster? I'd be very interested in your answer. Well, I appreciate the question, Babe Bob from Florida. Um, I, I have I have a very, very simple answer. Justin Fields is not the answer. He's not the guy. He's not. And and all the Bears fans saying that he's, you know, well, you can't judge him because he has a bad offensive line. Explain Joe Burrow. Explain Justin Herbert. Explain Russell Wilson. I, I don't mean today's Russell Wilson. I'm talking about Seattle Russell Wilson, who's never had an offensive line in his entire life, who didn't have DK Metcalf until 15 seconds ago. How about Kyler Murray? Here's, here's the bottom line. Most quarterbacks don't come into a good situation. You know why? Because quarterbacks get taken early, and teams that draft early have garbage rosters. There, there's, there's almost never a situation where a quarterback gets taken and dropped into a situation with a great offensive line and a great wide receiver group and everything else. The reason Jalen Hurts has that right now is because he was a second-round pick. So the answer to the question is very simple. Is there a replacement that we like for Justin Fields early in the draft? I'll tell you right now, I would be very, very, very wary of drafting another Ohio State quarterback. I know that's stupid, the helmet scouting thing, but I, I, I don't think I can do it. So I don't know if C.J. Stroud is the guy. And last I saw, and, and a, a great show to check out, we have an NFL draft show right here on the network. Um, in fact, we, we, I don't know if they have an email or something set up. If not... We'll have to make sure to get that set up so you can send the these types of questions. But the point is, Bryce Young, is this our guy or not? Now, he, he's in my mind, he's not. He's sort of the opposite of Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the prototypical. They're both Alabama guys, right? But Mac Jones is the prototypical Tom Brady, stand in the pocket, can't move, but he can make all the throws, quote-unquote. Quote unquote. Bryce Young is six foot 194 and fast. Right? He's, he's more the, the Kyler Murray type, I guess. Do you want, I, I would be, I'd be nervous about that. I, I'll be serious. I'll be dead. What am I trying to say? I don't know that I want to deal with that right now. You can say, well, that makes it a little easier with the bad offense. That's what Justin Fields was. I, I, I kind of want a Mac Jones or a Trevor Lawrence. I know Lawrence can take off and run, but just give me the dude that's primarily just got a, a cannon for an arm, super accurate and intelligent. We, we got, we need to simplify this. And I don't want to take a guy that is a great mobile rushing quarterback and say, we're going to strip you of like 53% of your talent and have you stand still and, and distribute the ball. I'm not saying Bryce can't do that. I'm just saying you're you're wasting his abilities. So I haven't looked at it in a while, but Mock Draft Database has uh, C.J. Stroud still the number one quarterback. Again, Ohio State makes me super nervous. I know that's stupid. I usually just tell everybody that does that stuff that they're stupid. But Justin Fields really makes me nervous, and I don't think I want to do it again. And again, Bryce Young, I don't know that that necessarily makes a massive amount of sense either. After that, the consensus is, is Will Levis. He's really up there at the top. Six foot three, 232. The problem is PFF says he kind of sucks. 
Seems to me that he had a big breakout year in year three, 2021. His grades 57, 66, and then 90. I know we're, I'm elaborating a little much, but I'm curious myself, so we're going to dig in a little bit. So I think he got a ton of hype because of 2021, and then 2022 he regressed back to normal and nobody's figured that out yet is my assumption. I don't think he's going to necessarily be a top guy. Sorry, Clayton. Could be wrong. Clayton's, Clayton's going to be angry at me. After that, Anthony Richardson. He also kind of sucks at football, so I don't know that I understand that. The guy that I love to make fun of, Tyler Van Dyke. Not exactly sure where he is, but he's not in the top 200 anywhere. But I don't know. Tanner Morgan. Nobody likes a Minnesota guy, but he's playing really well. Um, his game against Purdue, not fantastic. But prior to that, 92, 92, 92, and 86 were his grades in those games. 1,143 yards, seven touchdowns. He does have four picks, but again, that was that was this game against Purdue, which if you're going to have once every five games, you have a zero touchdown, three interception game, maybe. So, so the point is, maybe there isn't a guy. If there's not a guy, fine. I don't care. I'm not going to win. We're not winning a Super Bowl in 2023. I don't, I don't care if we have, you know, peak Aaron Rodgers comes over to the Bears. We're not winning. So if we're up high enough, grab Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Miles Murphy, uh, I don't know if I want to go Jackson Smith and Jigba, however you say his name, but whatever. But but that's the very simple equation. Justin Fields is not it. He's not the guy. And if any team out there is willing to trade for him, which I, this is the thing, Bears fans will freak out like, you're an idiot, it's, it's not enough time. Fine. How much do you think I'm going to get for him in a trade? You think I'm going to get a first round pick for Justin Fields? Zero chance. I don't think I get a second round pick for Justin Fields right now. That's trash. Josh Rosen showed probably more promise than, than Justin Fields has. Um, so we will trade him for whatever we can get for him, and then we will look for a quarterback if he's available. If he's not, we grab somebody else. What do you do at quarterback? Well, if we can't find a quarterback, we'll probably hang on to Fields, unless we get a really good offer. I mean, if somebody's like, we think that guy's really got it, and we know we don't want him, if you're going to give me a, a high second-round pick or something, I'd probably consider it, and then, I don't who cares? Roll with whatever. You can't get much worse than Fields. Andy Dalton will suffice. What's he doing these days? Bring him back. Nick Foles, where's he at? Bring him back. Guaranteed he's better than Fields. So there you go. Uh, I will spare you the babe thing, but uh, we'll, we'll go Bob from, from Florida. Hi, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. How's it well, going? Doing good. Happy, uh, happy to talk to you again. Say hi to Packer Nation. Uh, I just got done listening to, uh, I believe it'd be your Friday show, because today is Friday, and that's the day that I listened to it. All right. Makes um, sense. But uh, it was about the uh, way the media has been kind of taking it after the Packers here lately. I, I agree totally with you. I've, I've been seeing it for the last two or three years, um, a slow push towards there's something wrong with this team, even though we're winning. And we've, you know, and it's all about wins. It, you know, however you win, however it happens, it's all about the wins, and that's what we've been doing. Um, I tend to watch uh, – some shows that, or listen to some shows that I don't agree with, as well as shows like yours that I do agree with most of the time. Um, and I do that specifically so I can hear how the other side is talking about it. And, and one that just drives me nuts is Colin Coward. Uh, everything about the Packers is, is something that he uses as a negative example for look at this other team and how they're doing something wrong. Just like the Green Bay Packers. Right. You know, their their running game isn't doing this. And just like the Green Bay their front office is doing this. Oh, and just like the Green Bay Packers, look how they're doing it terribly bad too. And it drives me nuts because the guy talks like he's he's open and honest and he's being fair, but man, he tags at us and tags at us and tags at us. And 
you know, a lot of people, that's what they hear. If you're, you know, a New York Jets fan, which I'm sure there are a couple, he's got a guy on the show that's a Jets fan. Uh, you know, if, you know, you're a Cowboys fan, you're, you're, you know, a Denver fan, Miami, you're not listening to Hacker News. Right. You're catching guys like Colin Coward and guys like, um, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't remember. Davis. He's on with Shannon Sharp and he drives yeah. me nuts because he's just such a cowboy homer and he's just awful. Um, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless, that, yeah, he's worthless. Um, but you listen to these guys, and this they're on major networks at prime watching time, and this is what people watch. And it, there's a lot of negative Packer talk going on out there, and it, it just drives me nuts. So it's, it's, it creates a bad example, and it, and it makes it hard for us to get players. I mean, players watch that stuff too. Who wants to go to right. a team when all they hear in the media is bad stuff about the team? How are we supposed to get players to come to us? You know, in some ways, they're sabotaging us being able to pick up players, you know, being able to keep players. You know, nobody wants to be talked about badly, even though they're winning. It's just, it's ridiculous. But uh, keep up the good work. You know, hopefully we get a, we get another win this week. You know, this, that London game kind of got me worried, not because it's the Giants, but because we got to go all the way to London. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he's got another call. We'll pick him up. All right. Steve again wasn't watching the clock. Hey. But yeah, that, that Giants game, that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, how would you coming back? Because that's going to be a long way back, too. I think the next two weeks are going to be tough weeks for us. Yeah. But if we get through them, whether we look good or we look bad, doesn't matter as long as we win. You know, if anybody remembers that 2010 season, we weren't looking good. We didn't have a good first half of this first two-thirds of the season, six and six, before we went on a run to go for that championship. So, all right, thanks for your time. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, so a lot of stuff brought up. The As, as far as my concern with the media stuff, yeah, I, it's definitely been several years. I, I think the, the thing that's weird is that re- recently they're reverting to off-season narratives, right? There's plenty of stuff to pick at the Packers about, but they're just – I, I don't know. It's it's strange the things that they're saying, um, and I'm I'm starting to notice as I do this more and more, where I go through certain people that are just very anti-Packers. I mean, obviously we know Florio's a Vikings fan, and he got into a tiff with Rodgers, so now he's just going to be bitter toward the Packers no matter what. Sims is is just a little mouthpiece for Florio, so he does whatever Florio says, so he doesn't like the Packers. But there's just a couple other guys you just notice every time they say something that's negative about the Packers every single time, um, and you know. It's like you talked about, even when we win, we lose with the media. And, you know, the most honest thing I've ever heard, there was a guy talking about the Packers, and and I forget exactly what he had said, but he was was just completely candid, and he just said he's something to the effect of, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm tired of them. They're, they're, They're boring. It's the same story over and over again. And he's basically admitting how lazy and and childish the media is, where it's not just about what is. It's not about reporting the news and the facts and just, you know, 2022 is a new year. No, it's, I want the new, young, hip, flashy thing. What is it? That's that's all we want to talk about. Even, even like, young, hip, flashy, bad. Like, oh man, look at, look at, look at, uh, look at the Broncos and Russ. Let's talk about that 23 hours out of the day. You know, but it's, it's Pat Mahomes. And even that's kind of wearing out a little bit, but now it's, it's Jalen Hurts. Last year it was Kyler Murray. The year before that it was Lamar. The year before that it was Mahomes. It's just, it's what's the new flashy thing. And, and you know, they're, they're just, 
they're bored of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, we know Rodgers is good. We know the Packers are good. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's it's like they're just, which is which is stupid. Maybe that's what happens to fans of like the NFL. You know, not like team fans necessarily, where you love your team, you hate your rivals, and everybody else is just like random information. Which I thought, if you weren't like a diehard or or just if you work in NFL media, you should try to just treat teams independently. But they're like diehard NFL fans that just are kind of like casuals, you know? Like, I just want something exciting to happen. Like, I want it to be 44 to 42. Like, give me a college score or don't bother. It's kind of stupid and kind of pathetic. But that's that's where they're at, and I think that's a big part of what it is. Everybody's bored with Packers and Rodgers. It's been, you know, 30 years of them being good. It's been over a decade, a decade and a half of Aaron Rodgers being very good and the Aaron Rodgers Packers being very good. and. It's just not new and cool and everything, so everybody's bored with it, which, again, is stupid, but that's the impression I get. But again, the weird thing is how they're, they're diving to new lows just to say random things that don't make sense. Showing a clip of Aaron Rodgers essentially praising the rookies and saying that here's a clip of him trashing the rookies and saying, you're responsible. If you play like crap, I'm not coming back. What? And you're right, and, th- and this is why if you ever have any discourse with fans other than Packer fans, and you say stuff that's just common knowledge to Packer fans, they treat you like you're an idiot. You know, I mean, prior to this year, if you talked about Rashawn Gary, they'd be like, you're, you're an idiot. If you talk about A.J. Dillon, you're stupid. He's a, he's a backup. He's a lowly, nobody, number two running back. Why are you talking about A.J. Dillon? You know, Lazard is some bum nobody. You know, and, and, and Dobbs right now is going to start getting respect. Why? Because the media decided to pay attention to him and notice him and get excited about him. If they didn't, we'd be talking about them and everybody would be saying we're stupid. It's, it's, that's just how it is. And, and honestly, that's how it is for some Packer fans, too. They, they just keep uh, you know ESPN or NFL Network on a loop, and that's their information for the day. And then they'll turn on my podcast and go, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I watch 16 hours of NFL Network. I know everything there is to know about the NFL. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I listened to that guy that compared or the, that his, his breakdown for the Giants-Packers game the heck is that guy's name? I, I, I want to figure out who he is because he's very anti-Packers too. Oh, Peter Schrager. Kyle Brandt seems to be that way too. Um, I don't know. Kyle Brandt's weird. He's, he's super high energy, kind of freaks me out a little bit. He's from Illinois. Is, is he a known Bears fan? Is that a thing? I don't know. But he, he definitely doesn't seem to like the Packers very much. And I, I know he was all about like the Vikings are going to be great and Kirk Cousins is going to win MVP. I don't know. Schrager is... I don't know what Schrager is, but that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He, he's compared, he's his breakdown, Peter Schrager's breakdown of the Packers and Giants game is that in 2018, the Giants defensive coordinator went up against, in Baltimore at the time, went up against the Packers head coach, who at the time was the Titans offensive coordinator, and they had 10 sacks. Because Zadarius Smith and Terrell Suggs and, you know, uh, Pierce and a bunch of other guys had a bunch of sacks against the Titans. That means that Wink Martindale has Matt LaFleur's number. It's the dumbest crap I've ever heard in my life. But like you said, this is what people listen to, and they're like, oh, yeah, oh that's great stuff. Oh. It's, also, you know, it, it's also bad, too, because I'll, I'll go on YouTube to try to prepare for the upcoming weeks and understand what's going on, and I'll listen. There's some, some people that are really heavy into gambling, like they're, they're, they're betting shows. And uh, these are guys with, like, PhDs and... Um, really into math and all all these different things. It, the stuff goes way over my head. I, I listen, I try to learn, I pay attention. A lot of it makes sense, some of it doesn't. But you go from that to listening to 
the guys at the top of the mountain, like Peter Schrager, and it's like, you should not have this job. I mean, there's, there's some guy getting 72 views on YouTube right now who's 18 years old. That's brilliant. Whether or not he can actually make money, I don't know. But, but the analysis and everything that he's doing is, is, I mean, Cynthia Freeland at least runs, a, runs an algorithm or something. I think that's who does it. She seems to be the only intelligent one on. I mean, I don't even know if her thing is, is, is good at all, but at least she's like, you know, here's the data. Frickin' 2018 moron. And yeah, I also think that's a good point about sabotaging the team. I hadn't really considered it. And to be honest, as you were saying that, uh, as far as, you know, players see how disjointed and terrible the Packers are, and Matt LaFleur is not a real coach, and, um, you know, the locker room is toxic, and Aaron Rodgers is terrible and treats people like trash. You know, I, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, who wants to go play there? But the real good thing, and, and I hadn't really thought about this from that standpoint, but Aaron Rodgers getting out and speaking for himself is going to help in that regard too. And, and that's really what it's about. And, and, and that's one of the best things about what he's doing, aside from the fact that he's just having fun and doing whatever he wants, which is what normal human beings should be able to do. Um, but it's, it's regaining the narrative. And that's why the media gets so mad about it, because they want to be able to say whatever they want. And he just comes out on whatever show, whenever he wants. And he's like, yeah, those guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. So now they can't just come out and say stupid stuff anymore, you know, and they can try to trash him about all this stuff. But then he goes on shows and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, Odell would love to go to Green Bay. And Roger's like, oh, yeah, me and Odell, we're great friends. We talk all the time. Um, And you get to see him and his relationships with old Packers and new Packers. And he talks openly, you know, despite the counter narrative that, you know, he's just treats the rookies like garbage. You know, the rookies are coming out talking about how great Randall and Lazard and Rogers are. and, and they return that Rogers talks about how much he loves his teammates, uh, new guys and old guys. So it is good. It's good that they're able to kind of get their own voice out there and hopefully amplify that as loud as possible um, to at least get the message to other players. And, and you know, the, the, the BS, at least as far as players are concerned, they're going to get the real scoop. You know what I mean? Somehow, some way they'll find out. But yeah, that, that, again, that was my... That was my main gripe. It wasn't even just that everyone's kind of mean to the Packers because that's that's just the way it's been for several years. But it's it's the way that things are getting weird all of a sudden, you know. Like why we're in season. This isn't this isn't the off season. This isn't when you should be making things up to try to make Aaron Rodgers look like a jerk. I don't understand why we're doing that now. Um, anyways, why don't we take a break right here? Six zero eight five zero one zero seven one eight is the phone number to call. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find out what they do at fertilegroundranch.org. Links to donate are at the top of my Twitter and the, at the top of the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Mike. I'm a super fan. Hey. Hey, Ryan. Just wanted to get my uh, weekly pick in or weekly predictions in. Do it. Um, just too darn busy yesterday to do it, uh, so we'll get it in this morning. I gotta pull my um, stuff up here real quick. This game, I gotta, I gotta just be honest with you. I am extremely concerned about this game. Yeah. Um, probably more concerned about this game than any of the games so far this season, including going to Minnesota and going to Tampa. Yeah. Um. And I'll tell you why. I just, um, I'm just very concerned about the Packers traveling. Um, if you look back at, uh, if you look back at uh, Matt Lafleur's history of traveling uh, to the, whether you know whether it's a long distance flight out to California or Florida or 
out east playing out east. They just don't play very well, and I'm very concerned about this trip to London. I think, you know, um, I just hate these London games. I just don't think this is the way the NFL should be going. Uh, but it is what it is. But I just, I just, uh, very concerned about this. Uh, you can see the concern on Matt LaFleur's face as well. All yeah, he, he hates it. Um, I think he has some self-doubt on whether or not he can have this team ready to play a game after, uh, you know, whatever it is, a 10 hour flight over to London. So, um, I'm still going to pick the Packers to win, but I'm very concerned. Um, I would say 23 20 with a late field goal to win it. Um, and uh, I'm just hoping we can escape with a victory. Uh, the run, defe- run defense, obviously, is a big concern. Um, with Shea check on Barkley. Barkley. So um, if, they can, if they can keep him, they don't have to stop him, but if they can at least keep him somewhat contained, I think they can pull this thing out. But uh, the travel really, really worries me. And I would not be shocked at all if the Packers just took a sh** and lost this game. So anyway, let's hope not. Thanks. Yeah, you know, um, I'm kind of with you. The the travel thing makes me nervous. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to go down too much of a negative path here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that's I think that is an issue. Um, well, we'll we'll leave that alone. I've t- talked about it enough. But that that's not all. And as you'll listen to tomorrow's podcast when I give kind of a score prediction, I tried tried as hard as I could to find a way for the Packers to get a lot of points and to win by eight, like like Vegas says that they will. And I looked at like three or four different ways of coming up with score predictions, and every single one of them had the Packers at exactly 20 points. 20. Uh, looking at what the Packers have done so far this year, uh, using uh, DVOA as a, as a metric and trying to do some mathematical things that way, uh, I think three different ways I came up with 20 points for the Packers. And then for the Giants, it was between 16 and 19 points. So depending on how you do it, it was like 16 to 19, 17 to 19, or, or, or excuse me, 16 to 20, 17 to 20, or 19 to 20. But, but look, here, at the end of the day, aside from the whole traveling thing, which I know is your biggest concern, and that, that is a big one for me, and, and, and there's, there's another thing, too. When I looked at um, London games, and I don't know what the last one was. Let me uh, take a look real quick. But the point is, every single one of those games was really low scoring. There weren't many, if any. Let me just, well, let's just do this. Let's just look at all of them right now. Now, maybe it wasn't London. It was the specific stadium, the, the Tottenham Stadium, which I don't know if that really matters. But recent history, since 2019, um, there's been one, one game, one team has reached 30 points. Uh, that was Tampa Bay and Carolina. 37-26 was that game. Otherwise, 26-3, 24-10, 27-20, 23-20, and 24-21. They're all right, again, they're all right in that range, right? 2020. So that, that falls in line with your prediction. That falls in line with my prediction. Even, even the year before that, 2018, uh, the scores were 24 to 18, 20 to 19, and 27 to 3. So we have not had since 2017, really. I mean, again, there was the 37-26 game, Carolina and Tampa. But since 2017, that's it. We're talking 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and uh, I don't see 2022 on here. What the heck was the score of that game? Whatever. I remember the game sucked. That's all I know. So, again, a lot of things kind of pointing in the direction of low-scoring game. Um, I don't see a lot that points to the Packers winning by eight. I'm, I'm thinking of hedging and betting against the Packers. I, I did that last week and won. 
Um, I'll probably bet some money on the Packers to not cover the spread. And if they win by eight, I'll happily, you know, it's it, again, the, the question I always ask is, are you willing to pay for, how much would it be, would you be willing to pay for the Packers to beat a team by eight or more points? Which is dangerous because I would spend a lot of money for that. But, you know, I mean, if would you drop 20 bucks on it? Would it be worth it if you paid $20? Of course it would. Not saying I'm putting 20 bucks on it. I'm just saying. However, on the on the flip side here, if you really think about it, if the Packers are able to do a better job in run defense, is there really any concern in this game whatsoever? I mean, even if they can run pretty well, you know, New England did too. It's it's just it's a hard way to win. It's a hard way to score a bunch of points to be able to win a game. But if the Packers and remember, last week was an abdication. Uh Kenny Clark has been on an absolute tear, and for whatever reason, he did not play well last week. And and a lot of guys, Quay and, and Campbell, are linebackers, like the lowest graded linebackers in football last year or last last week. That's not normal. I don't know what happened last week. Maybe it was something the the new you know New England was doing that kind of threw us off the extra linemen that they kept throwing in. I don't know, but that's not normal. As much as we say, well, we struggle against the run. That's true, but not that bad. If we can. I'm not talking about shut down Saquon, although it's not impossible. The same thing we said about Derrick Henry. Like, there's no stopping him, but maybe you can slow him down. And, and Derrick Henry needs a jack squat. That was the AJ Dillon game. Um, but you know, how much concern is there really? At least on the defensive side, there isn't much, unless unless our defense plays like garbage. But you know, we we can't just live in a world where we well, what if they suck? Yeah, well, what if? I don't know. Of course they could. And then offensively, you know, I mean, this isn't Tampa. This isn't New England. This isn't Bill Belichick. This is probably closer to what we went up against when you're talking Vikings or, or Bears. Maybe, maybe, probably not. Again, DVOA, this is, this is like the worst defense we've gone up against except the Vikings. And I know that doesn't sound like much because we didn't play very well that game. But point is that this is, if, if you disregard week one, this is the worst defense we've seen all year, according to PFF and according to uh, Football Outsiders. So, you know... I understand and I share your concerns and I probably spend too much time hemming and pawing about it, but um, I think it's for good reason. I think it, it, all the things I'm saying, I think make perfect sense. But again, at the end of the day, if we can just keep Saquon from getting like 250 yards in this game, you know, like breaking records and doing stupid stuff like the Packers love to do. Um, I don't see why there's much reason for concern. Don't expect it to be a barn burner, but you know, Control Saquon, run well, pass well. We'll we'll win the game. That's that's it. Should be. Hey Ryan, Garrett. Hey Garrett. Hey, after listening to yesterday's podcast uh, regarding to how well you uh, articulated Rogers' numbers versus last year, and uh, talking about just like Aaron Jones's numbers versus last year, um, I have to say that uh, well deserved. Um, compliment from me and should be coming from everybody else on how well that podcast was informative. Thank you. You told the truth. Um, you didn't cherry pick numbers. Um, it was one of your best that I've heard in quite a while. And yours usually are always PFS scores are always in the, in the nineties or higher in my opinion. So, uh, that was one of your best though. I, I really enjoyed it. I had went back and listened to it a second time just to try to absorb some of that information of what you were sharing. So um, it really helps out explain it to other people who are doubting the, the Packers when you can, uh, with truth and with 
real factual numbers explained what we're looking at versus last year. So uh, I give you kudos on that. Thank you. And uh, just wanted to give a, a prediction for tomorrow. Let's do it. Uh, when they play the Giants, I think they actually will get right. This is one of those games where guys were even saying, it's like, this kind of feels like a Super Bowl to them. Uh, the type Good. of atmosphere that they're uh, being uh, exposed to over there in London. So I think these guys are going to play out, and I think they're going to score big time. I think they're going to win 31, and Giants are only going to manage to score 13. So uh, that's my score prediction. Go Pack Go. Cheerio. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, thank you, uh, Garrett. I appreciate that. And by the way, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I've been sitting here thinking, man, I've been way too negative about the Packers. Even tomorrow's episode – just just a, a heads up. I wanted it to be super positive, but I also wanted it to be informative. And I just, again, I couldn't quite get there. But the point is, you've always got people saying you're a negative Packer fan or you're a homer or whatever. Here's a pretty good mix, right? <laughs> I spent the entire day, the other day, whatever episode he's referring to, giving details about why the Packers are significantly better than what we're being given, what they are being given credit for. Um, while at the same time trying to be realistic about the Giants game and just say, I don't know. Um, but but no, I, I so so the Saquon thing is one side of it. Can you control him? And if so, I don't see them. Even if they can't really contain him. I mean, I'm again, 250 yards or whatever, they can destroy us. But um, if he just has like an average day, uh, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think they're going to score that many points. They, they, they're not a good throwing team. We still have a very good pass rush. We still have very good corners. It sounds like Jair is going to be in this game, which, you know, you forget that we haven't had him um, or didn't have him. Um, It's a very good defense, and and not a lot of teams score a lot of points, and there's no reason to think the Giants are going to be one of the teams that scores a bunch of points. There just isn't. Um, The other side of the coin, though, is offense, and that kind of becomes the other question. Okay, so the Giants probably won't score a ton of points, whether Saquon goes off or not. It's just it's a question of, are they going to get to roughly 20 because Saquon has a great day? Or are they going to be like, you know, 10 points because the Packers really shut it all down? Um, which sounds weird because that doesn't sound like NFL scores to me. That just sounds fake. You know, like a, a normal day is like 25 points. A, a slow day is 17 or 20 or whatever. But no, I, there there's so many paths to this. And, and that is the question. That is the question. And the, the big point I tried to get across for tomorrow is if you go based on data, from what we've seen so far, you can't get to a really high score total. It doesn't exist because we what we've seen so far from this team isn't an explosive. Yes, I know the explosive stats are there, but I mean explosive in terms of like putting up tons of numbers type of team. They blow the doors off. But I, I do get what you're saying. Um, on the flip side, of the, let's do the other side, right? So there's the one narrative that is the Green Bay Packers don't travel well. I think they're maybe a slightly less disciplined team. I think maybe Matt LaFleur is kind of a more laid-back, buddy-buddy type of coach that maybe if you're not a super self-disciplined player, you take advantage of that, right? Devontae is not that guy. Rodgers, I don't think, is that guy necessarily. Um, There's a lot of veterans especially that aren't that way, but some guys, young guys, maybe not the most self-disciplined. I mean, that would be me, by the way. Um, Maybe not doing the right things all the time to get fully prepared in these situations. On the flip side, though, um, they are having a lot of fun, and I've never seen Aaron Rodgers so happy in my life, and that is a good thing. Brett Favre was a quarterback you didn't want to get mad. When he got mad, it was game over. We did not lose football games when that dude got mad. When you, when you, you, know, when you had a, a 
defensive back take a shot at him. And you saw Brett Favre stand up and sprint and get in that guy's face and grab his face mask like he wanted to get into a fist fight with him. 100% of the time, we're going to win that game. Rodgers is the opposite. Rodgers is, when when they start getting in his head, and he starts getting up, upset, he starts putting his hands on his hips and all that stuff, and it's like, oh, we're going to lose. When, when, you, when you know you're in trouble is when Rodgers is fired up having a good time. When he's... I feel comfortable when when something bad happens and Rodgers gets up and smiles. It's like, all right, we're not out of it yet. We're not done. We're not dead. You know, um, that's what makes me feel good. And I, and again, I've never seen you know the press conferences going into London. I've never seen him so happy. Even like there was a video of him walking in and a dog jumped up on him, and he spent like thirty seconds just playing with the dog and you know just being like a a, a dude just having a good time in London playing with a random dog. Um, there is that. And, th- and then again, the, the quote that I had mentioned, somebody asked him, which I thought was kind of a, kind of a silly question at the time. Um, is there a desire to kind of like air it out and have more big plays and do all that kind of stuff because you're in London? And Roger's like, heck yeah. You know, we really want to do that. And again, that's probably what you should do against the Giants. But you just you just wonder if, if they're going to try to cut loose a little bit, if that is going to be. The- now, there's a problem if you try and fail. But if if there was going to be a game it does feel like this is this is the right game and I, and i listen i i hope it happens man you got some people out in london that deserve that you know i mean you want to talk about diehards how about people that stay up until you know early morning to watch the green bay packers play football um have never had the opportunity to see them in a game and and on top of that i want the people of of London, of England, of the UK, to become Packer fans because of what happens tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because you know that's going to happen. There are there are people all through London that have become fans of a team because they they went with their friends to go watch and something happened in that game. I want to see a lot of people in those stands that are wearing whatever jersey to walk out of there and, and throw that jersey in the garbage and go buy a Packers jersey and say, this is my team. Because they watched the greatest performance they've ever seen from an athlete as Aaron Rodgers throws for six touchdowns and 400 yards. You know what I mean? I want him going out buying Christian Watson jerseys because, I don't know, there was this superstar who's like really fast and he caught three touchdowns in the game. He must be really good. And we're all like, oh yeah, he's he's one of the best. You know, Everybody knows that. I know, I should drop the Christian Watson thing. I'm just saying, if that's what you want to do, you got a guy. We don't need to constantly try to get Alan Lazard behind people. It seems to be working, but I feel like there's a better strategy. So I'm with you. I'm with you. I I, I can't say I, I fully believe it, and I'm still going to hedge against it. I'm going to bet the, I'm going to bet against them, and know that either way, I'm either going to make some money, or it's going to be a great day. But I, I I will happily happily give away the piddly amounts of change that I have <laughs> remaining on, on my bookie if it means getting that. I don't I don't care. Well, it's just the Giants. I don't care. I don't care if it's a high school football team. I want them to go to London, and I want them to just shred a team. I just want them. I just want them to look good, man. I just want to cheer. I want to have a good time. I want to high five my kids. I want to be doing backflips. I want to be screaming and have my kids like, "What is wrong with dad?" Like, I don't know. The girls don't know what's going on, but they come running in asking for high fives, and you know, you know, it's just it's such a good time. That's all I want. You crack the door open. You got the the cool fall air blowing in. The leaves falling off the trees. Let's go. Fired up, man. Let's do this. I don't want to be gloomy. I'm sorry tomorrow's going to be a little gloomy on the podcast. I'm trying not to. I'm just trying to be honest. 
just looking at numbers. It's boring, but it's what it is. But you know what? All we're doing is looking at the past. That's not the question, though. That's not the question. The question isn't, what are yesterday's Packers? What would, what would last week's Packers and the week before that Packers do in this game? The question is, what are the week five Packers going to do in week five? We know the team's going to get better every week. We know the team's growing. What is the team this week in London against the Giants? That's the mystery. Hey, Ryan, this is Joey from Minnesota. What up? You've commented on it a couple times over the last uh, last few weeks, but some issues with rookies transitioning to the NFL. All right. And then also going back to some of the differences just between uh, college football and the NFL. But one thing we didn't necessarily touch on is that one of the differences is that they're actually using a slightly different football team. Um, true. So I just didn't know what kind of impact you think it has in terms of a transition period for rookies, whether it's, um, you know, rookie quarterbacks, you know, maybe experiencing some different laces than they've used for the last three, four years. And now, you know, they get tossed in as a rookie and they're, again, not familiar with the football as much or, um, you know, rookie wide receivers with some, some drop issues or, or ball security issues just because they're not used to tucking a football of a slowly different, uh, different size. Again, I'm sure a lot of it is just it's, it's a more complex game and they're dealing with uh, the next echelon of, of athletes. Um, but I'm just curious to know how much of an impact you think that uh, the, the different ball might have transitioning from call. All right. Uh, we'll call that the end. There's another five or six seconds, but assuming that's it, I don't want to play five, six seconds of dead air, but I get the point. Um I've never heard anybody mention that before. You know, we've heard about all the different things that cause issues, and maybe somebody's mentioned that before. Um, I, I guess I would say you just throw it in the pile of reasons why rookies come in and struggle. It's, I mean, what what what's the biggest reason you always hear? It's faster, right? It's more complex. It's more nuanced, right? It's it's just difficult, and, and it's so technical. It's why, you know, defensive tackles just completely fall apart when they come to the NFL because... You know, in college, not to say it wasn't unbelievably technical and everything, you know, have to be intelligent and everything else. There was still a large element. If you're a big, physical, fast guy, you can win. And in the NFL, it's like that will not work. You got guys that are smaller than you that are that are technicians and you just can't beat them. You're never going to beat them. And everybody's faster than you, especially when you add in the intelligence factor in, in speed. Everybody's faster than you. Everybody's got better technique than you. And until you learn that, you can't compete here. Um, for quarterbacks, you know, there's the wider field and, and, you know, learning that whole thing and the hash marks and, and all that, you know, the way that the, the field slopes down and just all the weird things like that on, and on top of it being faster, on top of it being more difficult, on top of the players being better, on top of uh, who knows how many countless hundreds of things. And, and so, yeah, may, maybe the different football is, is a little bit different. I'm guessing they've worked with NFL-style footballs before. I mean, even stuff like getting two feet down. Every every time I see a uh, college player put one foot down, I just think, man, I hope you can remember that when you go to the NFL. And I'm always shocked that they always have it. Like uh, only like one time in my life, I remember a guy getting one foot down and being like, oh, nope, that that's a college thing. You know, the announcers are saying that about a rookie or something. And then, I, and again, another guy that went to the ground and didn't get up to run. But yeah, there, there's there's a million different things. I would doubt it because largely because you're seeing drop issues with guys that have drop issues and not drop issues for guys that generally don't have drop issues. So I would doubt that it's the football, but yeah, we'll throw it in the pile of, of things that 
cause delays, I guess. Brian, what is up? What up? Nico. Nico. Uh, just, instead of calling you uh, in the middle of the night because I can't sleep, uh, the game is so much earlier, so this is technically the middle of the night. So, you know. Yeah, no, I get um, it. But uh, not, not too too worried about the game. I mean, yes, my brain tells me that Saquon Barkley's got to rush for 300 yards. That tomorrow will be the day that Daniel Jones has his career day in the air. But my brain sometimes scared to try to scare me. Yeah, I get that too. Uh, I think our talent will just win the end. I hope it's in crushing fashion. But, uh, you know, um, I just I think we'll, we'll, I think we'll win. I do have to watch the game at work because I do have to go into work tomorrow. But, uh, fortunately, it's an early game, so... Uh, I'll be able to watch some of it before we even open. I'm just going to act like I'm in my own living room. I'm just going to have some chips and some beer, you know, before we open up the I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not bringing any chips. So uh, <laughs> so here's to a big win tomorrow. And um, can't wait for the game to be over because I'm too anxious already. So uh, I'll call you after the game. Go, Pekka. I'm looking forward to it. I'm just trying to pull something up right now. I've, I've told you guys this. A billion times, uh, but we're going to go over it again because you brought something up that bears repeating as far as just not really being afraid. Um, and that is that the Packers don't lose games they're supposed to win. I'm using that phrase or that that sentence loosely, but, you know, the 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 games the Packers are expected to win, they win. They don't they don't always cover the spread. That is to say. We are eight-point favorites in this game. I can't promise you we're going to win by eight, but I do believe we're going to win. And I think that's where most Packer fans are at. I don't know if we're going to blow them out. I don't know if it's going to be a big thing, but I think we win. And I think that's just because that's what we've been accustomed to. When the Packers are five-point or greater um, favorites, they are 24-2. and two. When they are six-point favorites or more, they're undefeated. We are now eight-point favorites in this game. We've never lost a game when we're the favorited by that much. Now, I don't know how they came to that conclusion of, of putting us as favorites that high, but it is what it is. The only losses we have when we were kind of, sort of big favorites, um, the, well, hate to mention it, but the, the 49ers game in the playoffs, and then you got to go back to Minnesota in 2020 when we were five-and-a-half-point favorites. So that's it. If, if, we're, if we're leaving playoffs out of it, one time when we were five-point or greater favorites. But again, six-point or higher, never lost, ever. And even just being favorites in general, uh, the Packers are 33-9 and nine when they're favorites in a game. So they will reward you. They don't usually get beat up too bad. And again, they're, they're not big favorites. A lot of the times they're, they're kind of close games anyways. You know, we were one-point favorites against the Minnesota Vikings, and we lost by three in 2021. Three-point favorites against Tampa, we lost by five. There's only been three kind of bad beats. Uh, 2019 against the Chargers, four-point favorites, we lost by like 15 points. Uh, 2020 against Tampa, we were three-point favorites, we lost by 28. And then 2021 against New Orleans, we were actually three-and-a-half-point favorites, and we lost 38-3. to So those things happen, but this is not that. This is not Chargers, Tampa, New Orleans week one or in Tampa or on the West coast, which that was another one too. that 2019 chargers game. That was a part of that whole 
California, what the heck is going on thing. So rest easy, get some sleep, but not too much. I honestly, that was, that was my concern. I kind of, kind of got a little extra sleep this Saturday. My son came in, woke me. He's like my alarm clock now. If I'm not up in time, it's like seven, seven oh two. And he's like, what are you doing? He's sleeping for, I've been up since six 30. I don't know, man. Sometimes people sleep. That's what they do. But I guess that's not what we do. So let's do this. He's like me. He's kind of an early bird. Once a month, I want to sleep in, but he won't, he won't be having that. So, but good thing is he won't be uh, letting me sleep beyond the Packer game start or anything like that. Anyways, I appreciate all of the calls. Uh, thank you guys so much. I'm very much looking forward to hearing you guys call in 608-501-0718. Call in prior to the game, halftime, after the game. Give me all your thoughts, feelings, emotions, excitement, hopefully lots of screaming and getting jacked up. Call me after they score a touchdown and just scream. You know what I mean? Let me just let me just hear that scream. Hopefully we don't end up losing the game afterward. <laughs> First drive, we get a touchdown, you're screaming, going nuts, and we lose 34 to 7. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. We're going to we're going to kill him. You guys have a great night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye bye.